Welcome to Aw Crap, a Hellboy podcast, the show dedicated to the half-demon hero, hosted by me, Kate Thompson. And me, Mark David Christensen. Yeah! We're coming in hot. <laughs> We're coming in jazz. Hellfire hot. Kill. Kate's been at a chiropractor with her girlfriend. <laughs> and what have I been doing? I've been sitting at home deciding to watch the Hellboy movie com- uh, commentary track I'm with jealous, Guillermo dude. del Toro. <laughs> so please tell me, what? how did you like it? Or like, what do you think about it watching the commentary is does it give you any insight or change your way of how you feel about the movie or anything it doesn't change my way of the movie in the sense of for my personal taste like the movie will never satisfy me personally just from a taste point of view that's fair um the the commentary as a a movie lover is always going to be entertaining for me yeah because i think it is there are aspects of that movie's particular, like practical effects, um, design, a couple of design choices, casting choices, mainly just like Ron Perlman and John Hurt, um, that are always going to be fascinating to me. And I'll be like, and I give them like props. Those are yeah. cool choices. Yeah. Um, the biggest takeaways from it, if I can remember correctly, the biggest takeaways for me were in like, I think I've do, I think I figured out where I, um, leave where the Guillermo does his own thing and I go, ah, that's not for me is he sort of approached it more from a fairy tale point of view, which becomes even extra or more, more, um, clear. in I think the second movie and that to me is like, yes, I think you can say that folklore and where Mignola pulls from is in the world of fairy tales, but I think he legitimately Guillermo he says in this commentary that the two movies he holds closest, at least at this point in his career, I would argue now it's probably other movies maybe Trumpet, especially yeah. after he won an Oscar yeah, for this, one of his yeah, movies. Yeah, because this is as of what, like 2004 <laughs> or five that he probably recorded yeah. it. Yeah. Um, he says um, The Devil's Backbone and this movie at this time when he did the commentary are the movies that are most personal to him. Yeah. And I think it's a lot of because... He is a comic book lover himself. And this predated Pan's Labyrinth two by two years. Yes. So he He probably has, he probably made more personal (laughs) stuff by then. And I'd argue the, if he loves fairy tales, Pan's Labyrinth is definitely a better representation to me of like what I love about him in the world of fairy tales. Whereas for me, Hellboy is not a fairy tale. I feel like it takes elements. It does. Like with the corpse and like uh, that makes me think of it a lot. Like the kind of like idea of like um, using iron to like catch these little. Yeah. I think it's more in the world of folklore. Yeah. Than fairy tales. Because to me, he literally in the last shot he talks about in commentary, um, the last shot with the kiss. He wanted that to look like something. Like a storybook or Storybook something? Snow White. Right. He literally had her Liz lit to her skin to look white like Snow White. And he talked about Weird. how his approach to the movie was he wanted it more like he was like Blade was like my anime reference. He like that was like he's like sort of like how Matrix was influenced by anime. I wanted Blade's action to be influenced by anime. Mm. And then he's in this. I wanted it to be more Disney. He wanted it to be more of a Disney approach. And I think that's where I diverge away from Guillermo's approach with with the material of Hellboy was where I think Guillermo, he is, he, and again, Guillermo is fully aware that Hellboy is more gothic. It's just his approach wanted to be more something different. Yeah. Which is, and again, regardless of my taste or not, 
he has all the right to fucking do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's I think if you again, I always reference this movie if I ha- or this book if I haven't already on this podcast or somewhere else I've talked about. There's a great book by Sidney Lumet, the the wonderful director of Twelve Iron Men and many other things. He has a book called Making Movies, and he talks about how every project he did was. Did we as a group, collectively as a collaboration, do it? Did we achieve what we went for or not? That's and he cool. flat out will say, like, this movie, we nailed it. This movie, we tried, didn't work. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's how everything should be in some sense. And especially in the creative field, it's like we're all just trying to be inspired. Sometimes you knock yeah. it out of the park. Sometimes you don't. I'm reading Big Magic right now. It's a book about reading, living a creative life. And it's like, it's a very interesting book about how, like, Nobody's a genius. It's more of like you're collaborating with genius. Elizabeth Gilbert? Yeah, the woman that wrote Eat, Pray, Love. Oh, cool. Eat, Love, whatever that book was called. I think you're right. Eat, Pray, Love. Never read it. That sounds right. (laughs) I feel like I'm getting something wrong, but I think It sounds like a sign that's hanging in a kitchen. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's for like (laughs) fucking middle America or Midwest wives, I guess, (laughs) that are going through divorces. (laughs) Chicks in LA that has that shit. So that was the neatest, that was the most interesting thing, I think, was him sort of like saying that's what his, he wanted it to be. And I yeah. was like, oh, I guess that's where I sort of like, where it, he goes more hard fantasy. Yeah. Whereas I want more of, and there's, there's, there's elements of this in the, in the movie. I want more HP Lovecraft and like folklore where like. I see what you're saying. And then the new movie, of course went that way but then was like we're gonna make it fucking graphic yeah and yeah violent you're like i don't think that's you went the other angle too far yeah no one's landed right on the middle for me where i'm like oh this is a cool adaptation it's not exactly like and i keep referencing the marvel universe i think marvel universe for me goes captures what i like about the comics but then makes it its own yeah and they haven't done that with hellboy yet Maybe yeah. the animated movies we haven't watched yet we'll do i'm that. I don't really know. excited to see the animated movies because i bet a lot of the com- the like either complaints or like critiques, I guess, or, or whatever, you know, like any little thing that I find lacking from the from the live action movies. I bet I bet we'll find some of that in the animated ones. So I'm really jazzed to like check them out. Yeah, it's going to be a lot. I love of, animation. Like it's going to be I'm really excited to watch this. Definitely. Yeah. Um, anything else from Guillermo's commentary? I'm trying to see, think if I remember Anything that stood out. I started watching a little bit of the special features because I'm always interested in There's just filmmaking. There's a shit ton on that director's so many. cut, dude. There's so many. The introductions on the DVDs are a little annoying because they're like, <laughs> just it's just Selma Blair telling you what the DVD does. And I'm like, oh, boring. This is like, you have to, it, it's it's cool as like its own kind of like... Um, artifact? Like an artifact, yeah. <laughs> sincerely, like it's like, oh, this was a time when not everybody really knew how to navigate these menus if they were like artfully done like i remember the memento dvd and it's like that one's actually confusing like you do need to like play with it for a little bit before you can just fucking play the movie (laughs) like this is pretty straightforward but like i'm sure that it was like aunts and uncles aren't gonna know how to fucking put this like they can't program their vcr so they can't figure out how to like navigate a dvd menu so i'm sure that's like why it's in there it's just interesting yeah right yeah, it's very of its time, the whole thing. I love that. I'm excited. I want to like. Yeah, watch I think it again. you should dive. You've owned that. I'm borrowing it right now. Yeah. You own the D. The, uh, when I get back, I think TV. I'll dive into that a little bit. I do think a lot of his, what was cut that he's precious about, that he talks about in the director's cut, is a little like 
it should have been cut. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, there is there's, the eyeball. The shit. eyeball shit is, and what's funny is, and like three more seconds of them walking and stuff like that. You know what I found really weird on the eyeball shit yeah. is that. So the eyeball he has, he has a subplot where like Rasputin loses his eye when he gets sucked into that portal, um, and then he has fake ones, of course. But there's two things at the end of the final scene that are like, thank God he cut it because there's a part where. Hellboy steps on the eye that has popped out of him after he like stabbed him or beat hit him or whatever. Sure. And you're like, Oh boy. Then he has his eye missing and he looks over at them and a tentacle pops out of it. But instead of it in my mind, I was like, if the eye popped out and reveals he's has a, like a, like a HP Lovecraftian Sadu Hem sort of thing in his, sure. in him, which I think is a sense it was supposed to be Sadu Hem inside of him. Yeah, I think that's, yeah. It pokes its little tentacle out, but it doesn't exit through his eyeball. It still exits through his chest. And I'm like, why didn't you take that easy exit? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you, you, he already had an out. Yeah. That was a I don't weird know, thing. Man. I'm like, you, you know, I know you're precious about it. I guess because he also had his chest wound in the comic. He, and especially, well, we'll see when reading this, that coming back. Yeah, that coming back is yeah. definitely what we're talking about this week is very yeah. Rasputin-like uh, backlog. Yeah, it definitely throws back to but um, those, those stories a lot. Yeah, and then there's that weird scene that's like flirtatious in the taxi cab with photographs between Myers and Liz. Oh, that, that scene, was cut it, out of the original? It's like a rom-com. Just don't fucking need it. it. It's so bad. It's and to it, create this love triangle that like, I never give a fuck about like I never find him to be to have like any particular chemistry with Liz like yeah it's just interesting like what people what he as a director might have gotten caught up on like he wants a love story clearly more than not well which is interesting to me and where I sort of have not not major issues with Guillermo because I, I respect him as a creator a lot and I think he is one of the best visually to come about but I think he's just, and this commentary sort of solidified it with his his viewpoints of love and things. Yeah, in his in in his fairy tale sort of take, I think he's a very he. I don't think he is problematic in the sense of a misogynist or anything like that. I just want because I think that what I'm about to say converge on that him being like a bad guy. Yeah. It's not that. I think he's a traditionalist. He's like a romantic kind of a guy. Maybe. But he thinks love, I think is a traditionalist. And I think it shows itself also in the shape of water. Yeah. Like love and the, to be together, you like, you have to like, somebody has to save each other. And like, that's yeah, like that yeah. traditional fairy tale. I guess he's like, just drawn to that kind of story. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, There's nothing wrong with that. Either. Yeah. But I think Hellboy gets, because he infuses that into Hellboy, I think it gets in the way for me versus I would even be fine if it was just like you chose to make a love and a connection between Liz and, and uh, Hellboy. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not even opposed to that. I think it's what you just said, the love triangle aspect of a fairy tale and her having to be saved in order to be like, yeah. now I've proved your love. It's like a night. It's like a classic yeah. Sleeping Beauty night, which he actually references in the commentary is like... Yeah. Uh, a reference when he's fighting Sadu Hem. That he's seems like, about oh. right. <laughs> that makes sense. Which again, I think for other people that really works. It's just me yeah. learning like, oh, I can see now more of like, okay, that where we diverged as on taste. Yeah. As two different people. That's cool. It's cool to be able to um, pinpoint that and articulate it and just be like, oh, this is why. Like, that's why I mean. It's not that you made something bad in a sense yeah. of like, oh, you just didn't know what you were doing. It's just like, oh, our taste just didn't. 
yeah. parted ways. Like I would have made a different decision in that I was in your shoes, I guess. Yes. In Mike Mignola, it was cool to see him behind the scenes being super involved in the design stuff. Like he helped him design like the look of the right hand of, of, of doom on him. Cool. Like in how the, the symbols off of it that were like Celtic went up his arm. That was like, it cool. seemed from the behind the scene footage, they were very worked collaboratively in That's at least really design neat. aspects, probably not script wise, of course, but yeah. design aspects. How it looked. But that was cool. That so is cool. I highly suggest it if you're a Hellboy fan, movie fan, especially, I mean, even I if I dislike it, I like not watching. a lot of money on, eBay or something. I bet yeah. you could find this for like nothing. Or rip it off online or something yeah. crazy at this point. It's not I, like they're I losing mean, money. I feel like special features is what you really miss out. Like if you get it online somewhere. I mean, unless you have like some fucking great pirate site that has all of the special features <laughs> yeah. included on your like movie rip. I don't know. I found a Tumblr that had like offers just audio commentaries for movies where it's just the tr you can download for free the MP3. And I That's have a bunch cool. of them to put on my phone because I love commentaries. And I was Can like, Can you oh, send that to me? Yeah, I'll find the link and I'll send it to I you. I would love to have that. You know what the the worst is? Well, it's not the worst. Okay, so there's um the movie Bound was like the Wachowski's first movie. Yeah. And there used to be audio commentary of it, and now that like no longer exists. I think it might have been because it was like pre-transition for the one Wachowski. I forget. Like I was, I was gonna ask, that might ask have, if it was about that. that um, I don't know if that is exact. Like that's just me speculating for sure. Um, but I really do wish that it ha they had the commentary because I remember I could find some of it on YouTube, and they had like this woman who was like their expert on like the lesbian scene of whatever city they were like. I think it was just like L.A. or something. But they were. They had her on as like this expert. She's also like in the movie briefly. And I was like, oh, that would have just been like interesting to like hear what she had to say and like what her contribution to the movie was. Totally. But you can't find the whole thing anywhere. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe, Maybe I can online. find it. I would yeah. honestly dig around and see. Yeah. And if anybody else are listening to this knows, <laughs> get in touch with us yeah, so we can get that into If you have the audio commentary K10s. for Bound. <laughs> I mean, there's it's not on a the DVD. It's, it's not, not on, on the Blu-ray. Blu no. I bet you the DVD, because I remember that I can picture the DVD cover right now from working at uh, I think, Blockbuster. I feel like I looked for the not DVD, Blockbuster, but Hollywood I video. couldn't find the version, whatever version that had the commentary. But I mean, maybe I I'll, I'll do there. some. I bet, I bet it is. Somebody's going to find it for you. And it might be me or it might be one of our listeners. Somebody. <laughs> When's your birthday? Not until January. Yeah, well, next year I know what I'm getting you. <laughs> uh, great. I'm looking at this making movies now. Well, it's a very cool um, way to start this podcast was me, you know, updating you on to the commentary <laughs> of the movie. I was curious how you liked it. <laughs> uh, but we have a little segment we got to get to. It's called Oh Boy Email. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this email that we have is a straight up Hellboy movie review. Cool. Comes from a, a listener, first time um, emailer. It is Gabe Olive. Thanks uh, for emailing, Gabe. Yeah. He goes, also, his email says The Reaper. So I don't know Sick. how what names you want. It might even be from, you know, the deaths. <laughs> Maybe this is the, the Grim Reaper. It'll be the last email we ever read. It <laughs> uh, got cold in here all of a sudden. Oh, no. <laughs> People have to listen to us die off mic. <laughs> Some people are like, I'm fine with that. I I'm like fine. that movie. Ooh, I love it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, this is the new Hellboy. This is the review for the new Hellboy. 2019. Uh, yeah, Hellboy. 2019. Cool. 
He says, hey guys, Gabe Olive here. My movie review. Hellboy is a good movie, smooth and funny. Also filled with references and aesthetics from the comics. The action scenes are okay for this new version of the character. David Harbour's acting better view of Hellboy and his mind. It also takes some laughs from public. Now, he also, uh, Gabe also sent in um, a correction to that sentence. So I wanted to just mark that here. It says, Mark, I want to make a correction on my review. In one part, I talk about David's acting and I committed a mistake. The correct phrase is this one. David Harbour's acting delivers us a better view of Hellboy in his mind. Uh, I believe Gabe's um, uh, first language is in English. So oh, okay. I just want to like, that's okay. I mean, I then mean, his grasp on English is fucking amazing. Better than for, mine. Have you listened yeah. to the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I hope so. You hope you can sort that out. It'll be grateful for that. Of course, Gabe. I'm, I hope calling it out is is fine. I just think you know, make it clear that like that's so cool. You didn't I mean wonder. That. I, that, it's cool to think about like how movies translate to other uh, like languages. Yeah, and, like and, I wonder. I wonder how like you hear about some movies being super popular in other countries, like like American movie companies will make them here, not even expecting them to do great in America, like looking for this overseas market. That's like huge, like in particular China, but I don't know, like, I don't know where Gabe's writing to us from, but I want, like, I wonder, I I wonder. And it's cool that that translates too. like, you know what I mean? Like the, like that you would gravitate towards one actor or another. It's just really interesting. I agree a hundred percent. And you are totally right. A lot of movies now get, Greenlit, not off of domestic, only off of overseas sales. Yeah. So it's very interesting. Like Tom Cruise. And I, th- I think we talked about this recently. Yeah. I think, or we've talked about it off mic, if not. I yeah. feel like I, with the recent franchises this year that have come, a lot of that stuff has been in the zeitgeist. I yeah, feel I've just like been thinking talking about, about it. it. Totally. They continue saying, uh, Mia, as Nimue, the Blood Queen, is simply awesome. Her motivation is silly but noble, and with her assistant, Gudagach, or Gudagak, whatever, <laughs> the pig, uh, <laughs> she tries to accomplish her mission. My only disappointment was with the final fight, not between um, the Gudagak, Hellboy, and Damio, and yes, with Nimue. Yeah. I thought that they would have a massive fight against Hellboy, and in a Nugrama's form. So when he got his horns and everything, the yeah, crown, yeah. he didn't fight. He just sort of presented himself. I agree. I mean, at that point, it, it would have been cool. Yeah, yeah, it did build up to the level. And I don't know. Yeah, it would have been a different take to just watch him embrace that in order to get the upper hand and then give it up, I yeah. guess. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I agree, Gabe. I, I mean, we agree with that. Disappointed way more than you, but we agree with that as well. Mimue <laughs> um, in full power, but I understand the scene of Broom trying to bring back Hellboy with the grotesque, when he was the grotesque uh, yeah. intestine form, I yeah. would call it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a little like they really like underplayed that, f- the, the weird finality of the climax in a sense or the third act and Nimue trying to make him continue in his apocalyptic form was a good move from the script a little bit cliche but it's okay that's what they say sure the movie is enjoyable and it's a paradise for those who are fans of the character and read the comics my note I believe this is her uh, or Gabe I think it's I, him her I don't know <laughs> I don't know uh, Gabe. but Gabe says probably him right no, I don't know I don't or, know or it's Gabby I don't know I, saw, oh, maybe. I apologize I they reached out to us online because they follow us and they do cool art. And then I oh, was like, sweet. email your review, please. Um, I can look up the handle or you can while I look. Yeah. But gives it a 10. 
Honorable mentions go to Professor Broom, Ben Damio, Lobster Johnson, and Alice Monahan. So that's great. This is the kind of thing that I think we enjoy is like, we create this podcast so we can share our opinions, but these emails are so we can hear different point of views. It's great to hear somebody really share. Um, Gabriel Oliviere. That's him? Um, yep, that's him. Yeah. He's he's him. great. Check him out uh, on Instagram. He follows us. He probably follows anybody that likes Hellboy. He does a ton of like cool Hellboy art. I yeah, like his style. Yeah, he's been style. doing some Abe stuff that's yeah. very cool recently. I'm super into it. I love it. Very cool. Um, oh, that's well, cool. That's so cool that he emailed. Yeah. And I, I, that's the thing we were just talking about. Like, tastes can kind of verge onto each other. Taste can vary. I don't think it's always just going to be, this is good, this is no, bad. No, yeah. It's not like our fucking opinion is the end-all, be-all of whatever. And there were, like, cool things about the movie, you know. Especially there some, some design Jovovich. stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's awesome. Thanks, yeah. Gabe. Check yeah. out Gabe's Instagram. It's there's, it's really cool. He's yeah. got a lot of cool drawings on there. I agree. And speaking of Instagrams, follow Gabe and also check out Challenger of the Fantastic. That's the handle. Um, Challenger of the Fantastic has been posting these awesome BPRD declassified files, um, declassified information from the Bureau of Paranormal Research and Defense. And they're very cool. They're just fun details. It's almost like an online version of what Scott Alley and Mike Mignola did back in the companion. Um, the most recent one um, that went online as we're recording this is the Baba Yaga file gives name and species date and location encountered former status current status height weight powers and abilities and has a little like biography threat assessment it's really cool it's like a little case file that they would have filed away so if ever an That's agent awesome. of the bprd needed to go out and face me have a little some information to look up cool so it's very cool um check it out that's at challenger of the fantastic on instagram so it's very cool Fun little online community out there for everybody to partake in. Yeah. Great. And then we have another segment that we're going to call, Oh Boy Gifts! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> um, recently, we did receive a bunch of gifts uh, from listeners and friends of the podcast, and we just want to share those. We'll post pictures online and also just here to give shout outs and thank those that have uh, made our Hellboy lives better. Yeah, man. Um, you want to start? Yeah. Let's well, another little shout out. We did this last week, but we just want yeah. to give another shout out just to make sure that people don't miss it and give him praise. Yeah. We mentioned, um, so Alex, our friend on Instagram, church underscore of underscore Sagan, church of Sagan. Excellent Instagram name. I got to say. And just an awesome dude who sent us a bunch of cool, like movie merch and the like kick-ass t-shirt with the like dissected Hellboy head and all of the demons like painted on it looks really great and yeah very thank cool. you dude it's really cool and he gave us a hellboy figurine which you'll see a, a, uh that we're now having in our little uh pseudo studio yeah he's watching over the equipment yeah he's our guardian <laughs> our hellboy guardian on the what is this doohickey yeah it's the uh phosphorite well, I don't, I'm probably saying that wrong. <laughs> Focus right, whatever. What we, I shouldn't have asked. It's I'm our sorry. red recording equipment. Yeah. I'm just pronouncing the equipment. It's worked so far. Hopefully it will work forever. Yes. But thank you, Alex. An for audio all your interface. Gifts. Audio interface. Is yeah. that what they call these? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but it's wonderful. Then my good friend, um, a friend of mine named Justin Allred, who is one of the people that got me back into comic books after my final phase of finally just committing to being a comic book lover. Sweet. Uh, you can go back to the first episodes of this podcast and you'll hear all about that. <laughs> but he just moved to LA. So he's going to be, we're probably going to have him on the podcast Great. at some point. Yeah. Um, in person. Um, and I think he actually got me back into Hellboy too. After I'd like read Conqueror Worm and then had like a break and just reading all over that new era, he was like, Hey man, you got to read it. Remember, Rasputin's <laughs> a fucking villain and it's awesome, blah, blah, blah. And he has a lot of great opinions and he's one of those people that, uh, l- l- unlike me, who retains a lot of like the backstory of these stories and yeah. their references. Like, I like hearing about them, but I never retain them. Yeah. He is like that. He's like an encyclopedia yeah. of that stuff. They're very like useful friends to have when yeah. you're like trying to keep track of some like big IP that you're like, well, what the fuck is that? Like I have a friend like that for game of Thrones where he's like, Oh, the story of egg. I'm like, dude, I don't, I don't know. Like he reads all of the sides shit. No, I'm, I'm my, my friend, Justin. I literally will have like, if I'm ever hanging out with him, I'll be like, just tell me about this thing. Cause yeah. I'll just sit there and listen to him. Tell me about it. And I'll occasionally ask questions yeah. or and chime in. But then I'll be like, now I walked away from that fully now aware of what this was. Yeah. Even if it's something I've read, like Dune, I'll be like, tell me more about Dune. Yeah. Because you've read more of it and you understand it a little more. Your head just sees it different. It's great. But he sent us or he sent me, but, you know, everything Hellboy <laughs> now I share with Kate. I'll take my part. <laughs> he sent us um, Dude, this, this awesome so cool. action figure. It's from the it's the Big Blast Hellboy Millennium Series. It's back um, Graphite Designs. Uh, Dark Horse Comics uh, looks like they collaborated with them with the Spirit Grendel and Hellboy has a cloth actual cloth jacket for his duster. Um, it's he, fucking cool. This it's is cool a cool hell. toy, dude. But the thing is, it's at least ninety bucks on eBay. I'll yeah, tell you that right. I'll here. tell you right now. <laughs> it's signed by Mignola himself on the back, and it's the only thing that's keeping me not opening this motherfucker. You can't open it. You I can't. know. I can't. Even though it's a little you ripped anyway, because I sat on it on accident oh, no. just now moments ago. But <laughs> don't tell people this; they're gonna be like screaming. Into they're gonna be screaming. But headphones. it's awesome as hell. I wish I could open it so bad. But it's a big thank you to our my good friend Justin for sending this. He had it. He's been had it forever. And he's like, you can have it now. <sighs> it's really nice of him. It's uh, really cool. It's very cool. The design of this is very cool. His hooves. Look at his hooves. They're so cool. Yeah, I mean, it's freaking awesome. It's like one of the cooler Hellboy toys I've ever seen. Yeah, so glad that we now own this. Yeah. And I mean we, <laughs> we, Kate. I'll have it on weekends and holidays. <laughs> you could have it. You could take it to school. <laughs> um, and lastly, a listener of ours um, sent us a package. Um, they reached out and they asked and they're like, hey, can I send you something? Didn't Had never heard from them on the line or whatnot. He's just a, a listener. His name is Tom Most. Now, um, before I tell you what he sent us, you guys should check out his company, Mostly, Mostly Fantasy Displays of Character. And it's located in Berkeley, Illinois. That's MostlyFantasy.com. Tom Most is the owner. It's sculpting, molding, casting, painting, scanning, 3D printing. I just checked out the website when he emailed us about sending some gifts. Yeah. This shit is high quality stuff. It's really cool stuff. So one day I received a little package from him said, and he had to send us a little note and it says, Mark and Kate, I recently discovered your podcast. Love it. I'm also a big Mignola fan from way back. He's like, I digitally sculpt slash 3D print mold and cast my work for different shows and thought you'd enjoy the enclosed 
Keep up the good work. Enclosed meaning what's in the package. Tom most. Thank you, Tom. What you sent us is pretty fucking rad. Yeah, dude. Um, he sent us a bunch of refrigerator magnets, but they're all, and I'm assuming these all were at one point 3D printed, and then he painted some, and some of them are like the rough, um, non-painted. But the first one that we have that I pulled out that was very top is a version of the um, Angel of Death from Hellboy it's Golden Army. so cool, dude. You'll be getting pictures of, uh, of our listeners online, the Instagram. I'll be posting these. It's got a magnet on the back. Yeah, magnet. Put these creepy... I'm going to stick this guy on the fridge. Yes. Um, and then he sent us along with that. We have um, two versions of Cronin from the Hellboy movie, the original with, starring um, Ron Perlman. We have him with his mask on. We have a version that's black as well as one that's just the classic mold without paint. And another that's version awesome. of Cronin that's creepy as hell is him <laughs> unmasked like he was on the operating table <laughs> when Broom was taking care of him. He's it's really terrifying. His eyes His are eyeballs are super gross. Out. And then we have a Ron Perlman Hellboy head. It's very good. Just very, his head. Very cool. These are all um, refrigerator magnets. And then he randomly, probably because we mentioned we like Alien at some point, he <laughs> sent us uh, a mold of the- a couple of queens. The queen. Yeah, the queen alien from Aliens. But this stuff is high quality. It's very cool. Big thank you to Tom Most. Definitely check out Mostly Fantasy. Yeah, man. They have a lot of like cool metal stuff. Yeah, he's got like cute, like, uh, or Game cute, of, really cute. cute. Game of Thrones stuff. Pewter pendants is what I was trying to say. Cool pewter pen pendants. Oh yes. my God. I can't say yeah, that. It sounded very good. Um, But yeah, they're like fucking awesome looking and it's yeah dude thank you so much for sending these they're really neat yeah and listeners please check his stuff out it's high quality you should yeah. get some of it so we're gonna take a quick break and when we get back we're gonna jump right into chapters three and four of plague of frogs yeah. and a quick little teaser we have a giveaway coming next week <laughs> some of the stuff we mentioned just might be part of it I'm Sarah. And I'm Beth. And we host Everything is Rent, a podcast about the Broadway musical Rent. Every week, we're joined by a hilarious guest to talk about one of Rent's 525,600 songs. We'll answer questions like, is Rent the best musical of all time? Has Rent aged well? Are they not going to pay Rent? The answer to all these questions is yes. That's Everything is Rent on Campfire Media or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Ah oh, Crap, a Hellboy podcast, the show dedicated to the half-demon hero, hosted by me, Mark David Christensen. And me, Kate Thompson. And right now, we're jumping right in. <laughs> we're no, excited. I'm saying it like that. <laughs> You're uh, excited. Yeah. You're excited. You're stoked. Um, we're jumping right into chapter three and then chapter four of Plague of Frogs. Also, uh, again, uh, the... This uh, BPRD story written by Mike Mignola, illustrated by Guy Davis, and colored by Dave Stewart, lettered by Clem Robbins, edited by Scott Alley, originally published back in 2004. And we left off, the BPRD was in pretty dire straits. Stuff was looking bad. The helicopter crashed into that creepy church. Yeah. Um, Roger has been strung up by a bunch of horrible chains. Yeah, uh, by a frog after creature. After encountering that a giant frog creature. Who was once a child. Who was once a little <laughs> innocent child. And now here we are, chapter three. And the this um, cover is like really cool and creepy. It has just this shrouded figure with this like kind of deformed bumpy arm yeah kind of like, sneaking out that? sneaking out and then you get cool like liz and abe 
looking on intently. And yeah, uh, keeping that two panel cover, which is very interesting. Yeah, choice. yeah, I like that. Well, it's it's pretty neat. I haven't really. I mean, I mean, you see that every now and then, but it's like it's. I, I like the style of them. I think I do too. Cool. And I like they kept it consistent. Yeah, for each issue cover. And then yeah. so it's back in uh, the town is called Crab Point, Michigan, which <laughs> I don't know why it made me laugh. Uh, so shit's looking bad. Yeah, the choppers down. Kate's trying desperately to get in touch with somebody from the bureau. Which is wild because she was knocked out of the helicopter. We didn't know where she was. Yeah, and now we're like, okay, okay, she's alive. She's a little scratched up, but she's not too bad. Um, it's like she got kicked. It's like when you hear about accidents and a car and if somebody didn't put on their, like the rare occasion when someone doesn't put their seatbelt on. And that's and actually get, helpful. And it saves their lives because they get thrown. I knew somebody in high school that that happened. <laughs> really? Like they were like, they told me that if I had my seatbelt on, I'd be dead. And I was like, <laughs> oh, oh my wow. God. That's what I feel though for Kate right now. Yeah. yeah. If you had she been in flew a out and landed on some pillows or something. <laughs> It's like crazy. Because Crab Point's known for that pillow factory. Yeah, that big <laughs> abandoned pillow factory. And now, and like the BPRD can't quite make it out. They're like, I don't know what's going on. Well, and Tom's like, close the roads and keep somebody on standby. Maybe we'll go in a little later. So it's like, on, well, fuck, Tom. they're there by themselves. <laughs> yeah. AKA they're stuck. And then we get this, uh, the preacher that we saw in the previous episode inside this church these crazy kind of symbols on the door and behind him here. And you, we see the shrouded figure from the cover kind of looming behind him, yeah. huge and like creepy. One of the pilots from the BPRD helicopters, like I need a doctor, please. And this guy's like, uh-uh, you're chosen by our Lord. And like, you're going to be just like, oh, that's pretty much, you know, you know, that's bad news. Um, Abe and Liz are like kind of incapacitated. They can't really move at all. They're kind of yelling towards their like teammate to not listen, basically. Like, yeah. don't, you know, don't listen to what he's offering to you. And Abe's kind of trying to draw the attention towards him to the point where this guy, the preacher, whips his head around and kind of smashes them, you know, mm -hmm. little mental control over them and like smashes them into a pew. And they and both like, can't move. Yeah, there's some a lot of power he's using. Yeah, he's definitely like, yeah, this is all like with just a flick of his head and, you know, staring at them, giving them the stank eye. And um, <laughs> that's what they call it. Yeah. That power, the stank eye. The stank eye. <laughs> and then so they're like, oh, we both can't move. Um, guess I shouldn't have yelled at him. Guess not. You sounded a little like Hellboy there for a minute. Really? <laughs> is that good? Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's just the kind of like the way that. Abe was sort of being demanding and trying to like get the attention of this um, crazy cult leader to save this other BPRD member is like, he's really like stepping up to this leadership role. Yeah. It's like, the, uh, this is weird. It, it, it's showing his bravery because, yeah. and I'm, and it's also illustrating what we found so brave about Hellboy. And I'm going to reference a weird, I'm listening to a podcast, listening to Don Cheadle talk about <laughs> acting. What podcast is that? I think it's Sam Jones's podcast, okay. whatever, off camera. But Don Cheadle is talking about, and he references bravery and he's all, actually what bravery is, is it's not the lack of fear. And I bet this is something he's quoting from somebody else, but that's on my mind because that's what I'm listening to. Yeah. But 
the bravery is not a lack of fear. It's that what you do in the face of fear. Like, yeah, yeah. And that's what I think Abe is showing here is that like. Yeah, because he's not like Hellboy and like he can't take as bad of a beating as Hellboy can. Like yeah. it's, yeah. So, but he's still trying to be like, look over here, guy. Don't put a bug in my friend's head. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's a, a lot of bravery. Yeah, a lot of bravery here. Um, Don Cheadle would be proud of Don you. Cheadle would be. <laughs> We gotta, we gotta text him. We gotta let him know. Text him. <laughs> I don't have his number. What the I fuck am either. I talking about? Um, yeah. So you know, uh, listen. The dragon has risen from his grave, and you gotta prepare. So he's he's the delivery. Hey, oh, listen, guy. It doesn't matter that you cannot speak. He sees that what's written in your heart. <laughs> so like this thing is like, I choose you. Hey, guess what? Big coincidence. He chose everybody in town to implant. Yeah. These frog creatures in. Um, and tragically, we see this like gnarled hand reaching out and touching the forehead, leaving a very familiar mark that we saw like on the little girl's forehead and all yeah. these other people who have been turned into frog creatures. Meanwhile, Kate runs up to the Bonk. outside and can't get in. <laughs> Son of a. Um, so we see like all the frogs starting to surround this uh, boarded up church instantly. This poor dude, this pilot starts to change and transform into a frog person. Um, this part's fucking crazy. So like Johan regains consciousness and this is also very funny for the preacher to address Johan as, ah, the talking bag. Yeah. Uh, you what know, like it's the first time we've heard someone insult Johan. Yeah. And it's such a funny way. Yeah. Talking like, back. You asshole. <laughs> In this life or the next, you, uh, your soul will pay. Talking bag, my soul will be exalted. You know, like it's so, <laughs> it's very funny, but it's also like, hey, fuck you. You're so, you're condescending and you're a piece of shit. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> Johan's like, yeah, you're damned. This is doomed to fail. And like, while he's like pointing and saying all these things, he's being surrounded by frog creatures. Um, By the way, one of them has a little hook thing, like a fisherman's hook. Yeah, like hook, a little harpoon. Like also from the the Hellboy the board game. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> fucking awesome. Yeah, it's so cool. Also reminiscent of another of uh, Seed of Destruction way back in the day. Yes, yeah, which little. like we've had sort of little sprinklings of kind of uh, references to. And then meanwhile, Kate's like trying to get in, can't get in. Johan's surrounded. It is looking very bleak. They all have these pointy sticks and fish hooks and all kinds of shit. Ugh. And they just start tearing Johan's suit apart. And you think like for, or at least I thought for a second, I was like, oh, surely Kate's going to come in and like bust these guys up. But no, they fucking rip his suit open and his soul is outside of his containment suit. So it's like, well, fuck, that's the only thing kind of keeping him here. Yeah. So that's very dire straits for Johan. Drawn really cool. Like, I love the look of the, like, ectoplasm here and this, like, yes. sort of, like, smoky. <laughs> and again, this is, like, more of what I would want from the movie. Like, this yeah. sort of more. Like a glowing sort of a, almost vapor. like electric vapor. Yes. Yeah. And I like I like how his, his he's sketchy like yeah he's made of really just really just made of lines. It's a cool way to side. show like yeah he has no like solid outline like so like other comic book characters and in particular all of the other characters in this comic book. Yeah, he's got these sort of like undefined outlines that are just like he's sort of floating out around his form. Oh, it's crazy. It looks so cool. It looks great. It's a perfect choice, Guy Davis. Yeah. 
And then, yeah, so this preacher's going on and on about the dragon, the seven. We recognize this kind of jargon. Yes. You know what I mean? This is like we've some, heard this before yeah, from someone. This is a little like Rasputin-y. Uh, we've seen this kind of guy before. He reveals this. Um, his own begotten, the dragon has sent the, the seven who one has son. sent his own begotten son to me, dude. which is very interesting that like the evil side is also using very classic religious sort of verbiage. Yeah. Very, it's very, I mean, that's, it just makes me think of like antichrist kind of shit yes. where it's like, yeah, that's like this other chosen one, this, you know, so, like this one that's like, oh, he's going to bring about this great, like it's going to be great for everybody to have him, but he's the devil and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's revealed and he's all like disfigured and has a bunch of eyes. He looks like a potato boy, but yeah, it's all like the pale. mushroom and human. It's all those very things. fungusy. Um, Kate outside looking in. Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then she's blasted back as Johan bursts out of this building and Kate like knows exactly what that means. She was the one who like explained what his suit did to somebody. I forget exactly which comic that was, but she was like, yeah, yeah it might've like, been even very him. early in the first BP, BPRD. Yeah. Story. yeah. And so she sees that he's like vanishing and going away and she's, she, you know, she knows what that means and it's looking bad. And um, we're to assume that he's gone now. Yeah. At least as, as a reader. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're just like, well, fuck. I don't know where, you know, he can't really keep himself together. Damn. Meanwhile, preachers back in here, Liz and Abe are still incapacitated, but Abe's kind of like trying to get Liz to be like, come on, you got to like focus, focus. And she does the like zenning out that she probably learned in that monastery. The fire is not my enemy. It's part of me. It's mine. So she's like focusing her energy collecting yeah. this fire and then all of the candles that surrounded this the son of fucking Agdru Jihad or uh, Sadu Hem I should yeah. say and if Agdru had yeah because Sadu Hem is Sadu a child was is a child dead. of Agdru Jihad Agdru so this Jihad. in a sense is Sadu Hem yeah that's given a second life yeah yeah so yeah she so fucking makes him. again yeah he's <laughs> up in flames that's an old familiar feeling from back in the Seed of Destruction days. Um, and we see like this cool look on Liz's face where she's like intensely focused. Saying mine. Yeah, mine. <laughs> and then this preacher like turns to her, calls her a demon. Which again is another flip on like, we are at this point always we're associating holy. demons of like, and we're the good side. And then he's calling her a demon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love little. T- That's like, a, they're You know, everybody's subverting. always like in their minds, the good guy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is no exception. Liz fucking engulfs this guy in flame. Oh my God. Um, and, uh, Abe's like, great, Liz, great. Now rain it in. (laughs) You know, trying to be like, don't burn us all. Yeah. But she's able to kind of do it, but then it's like, whoo, like this big final blast. Well, I think there's a little bit of her right here. She's just like, I got to final, I got to finish this. Yeah. Yeah. She's like like, a little more, just a little more. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, wait, that's it. Like, you're done. You're done. (laughs) It went right out of your control there. Um, And then when the kind of dust settles, they see that it's like this weird cocoon, like entombing kind of like crusted up, burnt up fungus, like fungal cocoon thing. And yeah, they're like this, you know, I guess that's the second time I've torched that thing. Hopefully this time. And then as the thing crumbles away into dust, 
it's like there's nothing inside. It's just this empty shell. There's a brief glow from it. Yeah. It yeah. Yeah. Kind of like this green glowing aura inside. <laughs> um, but then they see this gaping hole underneath and they're like, fuck, it got away. Meanwhile, Kate's outside. She wakes up. Well, not really wakes up. She kind of is like, oh, and we also gets saw her that bearings. Religious guy run out the door. Too, oh, yeah. Right he as booked this is all it. happening. Yeah. We're back to Kate. <laughs> yeah. And then Kate, uh, Kate's. You know, she starts to feel this rumbling from underneath <laughs> the tombs. And then she has like a fun little moment of like, as these creatures, uh, as these like reanimated skeletons are coming up with like this similar green energy to like what was inside the cocoon. I'm going to call this a John McClane moment. Yeah, this is like a very funny, like, I shouldn't have done it. I had that cute little office at NYU. No rotting skeletons crawling out of the ground, but it was boring. Cowboy said, get out, try field work. Like, Oh, you know what I mean? <laughs> She's blat lighting up these guys. Very cool drawings here. Just super quick, quick horizontal panels that take up the entire width of the page, which I think is like a really effective way to show just like her lighting these guys up with a ton of bullets. Yeah. And they're so quick and they, and they're also not perfectly, um, they like sort of the width changes. Yeah. They're, they're like a little like, yeah, they're not super symmetrical, like completely rectangular. And it, so it gives it this kind of like quick, like everything is like fast, fast, fast. Yeah. It's, and like this, it's, I love when the skull or this like skeleton's like, <laughs> like starts like speaking in this like deep speak that they all know. Yeah. She's just like, shut up. <laughs> shoots him. <laughs> Which Liz and Abe here, they run out uh, like Abe's like, I'm going to go catch this, uh, this preacher. Well, or, well Liz, Liz actually is like, says, takes yeah, charge. Yeah, I'll get, I'll take care of Kate. You go run after the nut in the robe. <laughs> so they go ahead and do exactly that. Abe kind of like walks out and just encounters this little frog ribbiting at him. And that's pretty eerie. Very eerie. And it stops him in his tracks. Yeah. So it's, it's affecting him in a deeper emotional way. Which he's like remembering too. Like he's like remembering the events of Seed of Destruction. And it's like. And wake oh, of, yeah. And Wake of Devil. There's a lot that's hitting, I think, yeah. Abe right now. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. It's rough. Meanwhile, Kate's like. Uh-oh. Out of bullets. Run out of bullets. <laughs> Liz is surrounded by these frog creatures. Kate, again, surrounded by skeletons and just the click of the empty chamber in her gun. And as uh, it's all happening, as like the bells start to chime and Abe's just looking into the creepy, ghostly eyes of this frog. Do you hear sunken bells are tolling for the from back in the the uh, wake the devil days? Yeah. And that's the end of chapter three. That's so bleak and it's bad. <laughs> so bleak. It's like, again, like you can't call it a cliffhanger. It just, it just leaves you going, what is about, I mean, it is a classic yeah. cliffhanger. That's bad on it's me like, to not fucking... call it that. But it just like. But it like, it like lets it sink in in yes. a way, I think with, by leaving it in a quiet moment with Abe where he's like, has this ominous feeling. He had this crazy dream before all this went down and heard the words, um, that were spoken way back in Wake the Devil by the by the other priest there. And I had I went back and reread that part of Wake the Devil because I was like not I didn't like fully remember exactly what went down there. But that was the like the Gurescu one where they were bringing back um that vampire to yeah. try to do shit. And 
they like Abe and this other BPRD agent go into the town. They think they're trying to find Hellboy, but this priest has his like tracker. Yeah. And then his head fucking slips off. They fall through the floor and <laughs> the BPRD, the other BPRD agent lands right on a fucking spike. Yes. And then the disembodied head starts while well, he like sees this Rasputin vision of, of Rasputin yeah. who's like, I'm going to die of this wound. You're going to get this fucking wound. Um, Abe looking very like disheartened and mm-hmm. sad. And then the head starts to recite Abraham Sabrian. Do you hear sunken bells are tolling for thee? Uh, out of the caverns of Numia Yabisk, dark and terrible deep, which we saw in his dream, of course, earlier. Which is terrifying to be like, I'm going to predict your death for you. Yeah, yeah. It's very reminiscent. This is only on my mind because of I've just recently saw Endgame for the second time. But there's a part where um, Hulk goes back and talks to the current Sorcerer Supreme, which is the Tilda Swinton version. Yeah. And she, and there's a part where she's like, well, they're talking about... Um, Doctor Strange, Steven. He's like, I need to speak to you. He's like, you're five years early. But then when they find out like, oh, he gave up the stone. She's like, why did he do that? He's like, we don't know. Yeah. And like, do you think it had a purpose? And she says, she says back to him, he's supposed to be the greatest of us all. So it's like, it reminisces like the, these mystical people like Rasputin and the Source of Supreme. And I'm only bringing that up again. It's on my mind because I just saw it today again. Oh yeah, that's the second okay. time. But how they have like this really cool like... I can't think of what the phrase is from Dune when somebody can see straight into the future and can see all the possibilities. Yeah. I, 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 it's, it's flipping my mind what they call that. Um, but they have that gift and it's crazy that Rasputin on the this evil like side sight. has the sight of like, yeah. I can see like I'm and he's also, it's one Rasputin. We see his, this, his cracks get revealed mm-hmm. later on in the end of Wake the Devil of like his impatience. Yeah, it's almost like he can but, foresee all these possible outcomes, but he only wants this one. So yeah. he only focuses on that. But then he's willing to wait and be like, you'll get it. Yeah. I'll wait for you to get yours. Oh, yeah. You're going to get this, pal. <laughs> and it's not going to be my hands, but it's going to be my heart holding the thing. And you're like, Abe's fucked. Like, yeah. this keeps coming up. Everybody's surrounded by baddies. And, and he's going off to find this lone weirdo. Like, uh, <laughs> And there's a frog now ribbing Yeah. And this frog is like, can and see bells. right into his soul. Oh. Yeah. Bells tolling. And there's something creepier and I think more terrifying than that villain to be like, I can wait for your death. Cause I can see it versus I'm going to kill you now. It's like yeah. extra like, Oh, Makes you like live in the shadow of this crazy fortune. You're not even living like, anymore. Fortune. Cause you're, as you just said, you're living in the shadow. Yeah. Wow. Thinking about it all the time. I mean, they're in like mortal danger pretty regularly as their job <laughs> description, yeah. but it's, it is like, you know, when a big bad looks into your heart and appears to you in the bottom of a fucking tiger pit under a church where a dead priest just, Looked at you like <laughs> yeah, and your partner and one of your agents yeah, died just in got front of skewered you. on a spike. Yikes! 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 Now for chapter <laughs> four. It. Chapter four <laughs> with a damn good cover. Yeah, with a kick-ass cover with like Liz. Her face is like pl- eerily placid. Like um, she's just her fed hands up. just like fisted, like a, like two fists at, at her sides and flames just engulfing everything behind so cool. her. This whole church. 
And then underneath, we see more of those enchanted undead skeletons that were rot- like rose up from the ground outside. Yes. Um, I've, I, yeah. I typically hate zombies that are bones because I'm just like, what? I don't get it. But oh, yeah. if they have mystical elements like these ones. Yeah, they have like the, the, green, bl- the green, yeah, kind of like glow emanating from them. I love them. They're That's so really fucking neat. cool. <laughs> I feel like you don't see as many straight up like magic skeletons. Yeah, you? we've gone the 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 age of zombies have all become like science. scientific yeah. versus mystical it's a zombies disease instead of like yeah which yeah. Mis- mysticism's fucking if i can't explain it it's scarier yeah that's pretty spooky dude <laughs> pretty spooky and they're like yeah so it's back at this church big establishing shot but we have now the bells tolling Bong. over all of this crazy action yeah i love the i, I love davis's frog creature just like everything all of his character designs are so great and like feel loose but they're actually like really precise like he can make a whole environment like this without making it really confusing 100 percent. i've never you know? been confused as in a single page of his yeah and i love i want to point out what really i love cool. is where we left off in chapter three is like if you look at the last image of liz she looks like uh oh yeah but then when we immediately start this one she's it's like she just made a quick change in a yeah. couple of seconds. It's like we just left her for a brief moment thinking she's in a dire situation. And we just turn back. And she's like, come and get a voice. Come and get a voice. And that's yeah. like now the new she knows. Yeah. She's <laughs> like, oh, I know I can control this. Like it's not she's not cowering in fear from her powers anymore. She's totally embraced it and can fucking use it to just Blast your fucking asses. <laughs> she blows them right out of this church. They're like screeching and screaming. Um, they all land and like run away. Um, the fire is not my enemy. As she's like, you know, like Carrie, like walking out of the, the oh, prom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She just carried the shit out she of these carried frogs. the shit out of this whole frog <laughs> crew. This whole frog prom. <laughs> this whole frog prom. <laughs> and then as she's walking, having her like focused zen moment of total carnage <laughs> she hears kate yelling liz hey snap out of it <laughs> like, i could use a little help I could over use here a little help over here and stop like stop carrying those yeah. fucking that per, that frog prom liz is I got like i love this i dude. got a skeleton party i need you to take Liz. Care of. <laughs> and then yeah she's only got a stick at this point like she's the she's without bullets Liz gives her a little quiet move and Kate goes, what? And then, I love this yeah, moment between them. It's a very them. funny exchange. And then she, uh, Liz lights up all the skeletons, <laughs> knocking Kate down as she like has to like leap out of the way. Um, that was a little close. I said mm. move. Like, <laughs> Again, another like Mignola's writing this one. Yeah. We haven't even ch- ch- changed over to uh, the new, the ride that we will we'll continue um, BPRD, but he's just, illustrating such great skill in in that moment not only is it action-packed but it's yeah. giving us more interaction and character development and their and their dynamic with each other just yeah, that simple awesome. like i said move <laughs> yeah like they're they're able to have this sort of like bantery kind of thing where it's like i told you so kind of you know like partners in this uh agency yeah that yeah like we we've kind of seen it with like Aber hellboy but like now we get to see it with everybody else it's really cool <laughs> Love it. and then kate's like it's okay so what did i miss you know like catch <laughs> yeah. me up on it like i like that like they have that but then they don't like they're not like holding some grudge or something they're like i understand no. okay let's go we got work to do <laughs> 
We're and, working for the best yeah. of, of for each other. And this dialogue of Liz's in particular made me laugh when I read it. Dr. What's-His-Name apparently turned out, uh, uh, into a giant elephant man fungus guy, and he's mixed up with crazy doomsday cult priest guy. Like, that's how I would explain it. You yeah, know what like, I mean? here's how we have to yeah, get it out. Like, they're just like, there's no time for, like, poetic language. It's just like, okay, so these two freaks are over here. Yeah, yeah. and she's like, in between the two of them, it looks like they turned the whole town into frog monsters. Got it? Yeah. <laughs> All right, are you up to speed? Like, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's really good. And then they're like... Just letting each other know, like, hey, Johan must be in bad shape. Torch the fungus. Everybody's on fire. Uh, you know, so Liz is, Liz is still taking care of all of these um, zombies. We see yeah, again, I, I just want to point out where I love where we finally have achieved where Liz is. Yeah. Because even in this moment, these three little creepy mystical skeletons walk up interrupting this update. And she just turns this time. She even just doesn't even just turns her eyes at them. Yeah. And then they're fucking up. Yeah. They're already her <laughs> eyes are already like burning with this God. power, you know, and, and we find out like the fungus basically is inhabiting these creatures that like escape through the bottom and is in them. And she's like, no problem. Uh, I <laughs> know how to deal with this. It, it's mine. Um, and then meanwhile, Abe is like walking into this nearby house, this like crazy Victorian looking house with all of these antique, like all this like antique furniture and books inside. Yeah. He's kind of looking around. He's reading or he's looking over on the desk, uh, sort of these, uh, like the book of Daniel, the secret doctrine, like all of these kind of ancient looking books. Yeah. Yeah, books that I've never... I mean, it would be fun to Google to see if any of these are real. I didn't take the time I to do that. I bet some of them are. I, I didn't either, but, but my if, assumption but is they that they're like religious or occult Yeah, a lot affiliated. of occult. I would agree. Um, and then he finds one scrapbook in particular that talks about this boy who could perform miracles and heal people, um, Humbert Jones. And then he continues reading and sees that the boy... Uh, has this like like, scar, inexplicable right? wound that started like bleeding for no reason on May eleventh, nineteen ninety four, aka the fucking day we all crashed Ca- Cavendish Hall and <laughs> killed Rasputin with a fucking with a spear right to the chest in the exact same place. Uh oh. Um. So yeah, Abe's putting it all together. Cavendish Brothers, Frog Monsters, Saduham goes upstairs, and it's this motherfucking Agdru Jihad dragon. Thing that we've seen on Rasputin's uh, walls and on yeah. his garments before. Yeah. And then zoom in even more and we see a picture of the man himself framed right there, Rasputin. God, that room is so creepy. It's so eerie. There's like just gross debris around and a bunch of candles and like glowing sigils on the wall. Like really eerie shit. Um, yeah. And then we see this kind of like just like text in like, like the great man whose life you took. And then a flashback to the end of seed of destruction. I love that it's an original take too. It's not, we're not lifting from the prior. Oh yeah, It's not like just book. copy pasted or something. It's from, guys yeah. take on that and it looks beautiful. It's really yeah. It's just three simple panels and you go, Oh yeah. Like if you had even mm-hmm. maybe like, like you had done, you'd gone back and maybe read, but like, I love things like this. Or just keep makes you visually go, oh yeah, I remember reading that. Yeah. <laughs> and then this little panel from Wake the Devil, see the wound so horrible an injury that I wear its mark even now. And like Good recipe. Yeah. Oh thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it would be more Russian, I guess, if uh but I'm not even gonna 
butcher that right now. <laughs> so as Abe's like putting this all together and like having these flashbacks, this motherfucker Humbert comes sneaking <laughs> up behind him with a harpoon Uh-oh. and gets him right in the chest. Oh, just as we're hearing, you know, in Abe's mind, you will die as I died and the hands of the spear shaft will be, will belong to another. And yeah. And he's just like shooting this preacher, but it's a little too late. They both crash out the window. Well, he crashes out the window. Abe is still in the room. Oh with the yeah. 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 Stuck in the wall. Yeah. Humbert crashes out the window after being shot. Abe's just stabbed and hears in his head the words of Rasputin, but the heart that drives them will be mine. And he just goes, shut up. <laughs> yeah. Can't even quiet out. He's like head. trying to, yeah. He's like, can't get this out of his brain. And then again, the priest whose head was decapitated, giving him this eerie uh, bells toll for the speech again. This, this tries frame to remove the spear. with him like Oof. bloody mouth and like tears in his eyes. Yeah. He's is, desperate. He's like, like truly like so fearful. He can't, he tries to kind of pull the spear out, but it's like not coming out all the way. Crashes through the same, or, you know, if not the same window, I think then it's like the same window. I think he's okay. following him. I think he's like trying his best to continue going. Right? Yeah. To keep chasing him. Cause he and just, then oh, he breaks it. Yeah. It's just nasty. Cause it's not, he doesn't take it out. He just has to break the, I think he just falls out. Falls out I the can't. remnants of the window. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. It's oh, the priest is there. He's like, you still live. You love pain so much. I thought that was cool. And like Abe's like, you're that boy. Oh, uh, what the fuck are you doing? And he's, uh, you know, we hear very similar jargon as like Rasputin was using where it's like, mm-hmm. I was chosen and Sadhu Hem is going to raise this race of people that existed long ago and will exist after man and mankind will be dead and it'll be frog boys and that'll be the best. Wouldn't it be cool? They love these frogs so much. And he's like, we're killing those frogs. And I love while this speech is happening, this interaction, we see like smoke kind of gathering around Mm -hmm. at first. Like as soon as Abe falls out the window, there's like smoke around and like some light, a little bit of light coming up through this like green shadow, green and blue shadow. But then it gets quickly starts spreading and it's the fire that Liz started back by the church. And it's just growing and growing as he's like, you know, your, your people will try to find all of these frogs, but it's not going to happen. They're going to look human and they're going to do what they need to do to survive. And it's our, like they'll be drawn to the secret places and remember the old songs and all of this cool, like really Lovecraftian shit. Like this is the Lovecraftian shit that you wanted. This is all the Lovecraftian shit. And also I wanted to point out, like this is something I love too in this, in his whole speech that you're building too, is that we were seeing them, these humans disguise, these frog people disguise themselves as humans and then make insane rituals to the gods and to the dragon. But I love that this man is, this is where I think I lacked. I'm just going to use in the new Hellboy mm-hmm. when you talked about because I think they actually are pulling a little bit from from this a little bit. Her new Eve. Yeah. They kept saying new Eve in the movie, like as if we should all just go like, oh, we know what that means because we yeah. all like read biblically the e- Eden and our new Eden, not new Eve. Sorry, yeah. a new Eden. But he makes it very clear, like, and this is what I think I lacked and what I love about this and why I want to highlight it is that. 
He's like, they're the new children. Yeah. They're going to take over. Man is going to fade away. This is what's going to take be over. Yeah. And I think the movie didn't make that clear. So when those creepy monsters showed up and were killing everybody, I was like, yeah, they're creepy. I just don't get what the fuck you, what your goal is. Yeah. Like what's the end game here? And it's like. And this, I feel like I know the end game. And Rasputin even said the same thing too. He was like, these creatures, like these amphibious kind of weird humanoid frog things are this is the new world and it's gonna knock out all humanity and it's gonna be these weirdos yeah and in conqueror worm same thing uh when uh, i'm forgetting who uh the the nazi's father was like when she t- turned her half yeah. into the 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 frog creatures like i did this so you can recognize you can see yeah. rather than to be mindless yeah you'll get to live in this new world yeah. she's like this sucks <laughs> Thanks. This sucks. Yeah, I forget that her names, and I feel bad. I love, I love this like language though. It's really cool, like to, because it's some of the original stuff that was like all of Rasputin's kind of like super poetic, crazy Armageddon, dark poetry, dark poetry <laughs> that he's busting out. I agree. They will remember the old songs and they will sing and pray as they like lift up some gross chunks of meat or something. Yeah. And, like, Prayer's not heard in a million years on this earth and the old gods will wake. Like that shit is really cool. I, like I love that whole, those three uh, whole page that yeah. you're reciting. It's, it's really neat. And then, yeah, it's like, we're going to reclaim this world and my job's done. See you later. And he walks in the fire. <laughs> Fucking just like, I'm done. I'm out. I served my purpose. I did my thing. And Abe's just like collapsed there. Like no part of this harpoon is still stuck inside his chest. And he just, calls out for Hellboy Kate Liz I'm sorry and like starts sinking away until Johan shows up and is like wait stop come back with me and as he appears to like I'm sure like at this point Abe's eyes are closed and this is like how his voice is appearing to him like Johan's voice or he's on the other side I think he's yeah or he's like appearing to him well we see what he inhabited so like as he's talking he's like I'm kind of between life and death so I I knew I would dissipate into the atmosphere but I found a host and it's this gnarly dead dog (laughs) (laughs) that then we see it cuts to Abe lying down and Johan's ectoplasm coming from the mouth of this like rotting half rotting dog into Abe to like come into his like wound to like heal it and communicate with him. So cool. It's really like grim and freaky. It would be funny, but it's like so dark, you know? Yeah. Which I think is like a cool, it's like a fine line, but I think that this accomplishes it. It's really cool. And Abe just starts hearing the bells and that's all he can hear. Johan's trying to be like, no, Abraham, no stay. Uh, but all I can hear are the bells continuing to toll. Liz and Kate run up to them. And Johan looks at them in this creepy, eerie dog form and says he is gone. Oh. Yeah. And like everything's again, it's like, fuck, I thought we were we were doing OK for a second there. Just like in the th- like the third issue. But now it's like this image of Rasputin burning away, you know, now that this like this prophecy has come true basically that he set mm-hmm. on Abe. And that's what we see that we see just Abe slipping away in his mind, like down into the water, like from his dream out of the caverns of Numia, Yabisk, dark and terrible, deep, the ocean calling her children home. The end dude. That's it's so, fucking crazy. It's so bad. Like just when you thought it couldn't get worse. 
You now it's like, is Abe dead? What the fuck? Technically, he is. Johan, I guess, found a dead dog, but he but needs to yeah. get back into a suit soon. <laughs> yeah. What I love about this ending or the the end of this is that we have one more chapter left. Yeah. We know that going forward, but it's interesting to see the what I love about what makes this so much rich richer than other things that I've read, especially teen books. And, and there are probably more examples of this that I'm just haven't read yet. And there's probably X-Men stories that I love that I could reference that are in my bedroom. But for this, what I love is it started out such a broader story, right? Yeah. It was like, this is a BPRD story. Now we've gotten to a very personal story. Yeah. It's been there all along. I get it. But we've ended on such a low that's a personal note for Abe that it's literally makes me want to cry for Abe right now. Yeah. I'm just like, this is Especially when he's like, it's like after showing all this level of bravery and like at the very beginning of this story, like in the first issue, I believe where Liz is like asking him a little, it's like, hey, we know everything about Roger and we know about me and we don't really know that much personal stuff about you. And it's like, Abe kind of um, is discovering a lot of stuff about himself. Like he's kind of figuring this out as we're going too, which is neat. I think it's just like a neat way to show this story is like, he doesn't even know what he's capable of yet. And right now he's in a fucking dark spot and who knows, who knows what's going to happen. Yeah, who knows? We'll find out in chapter <laughs> four. And also I love that. Like it's like, we know this is going in. It was part of the Mignola verse and it was connected directly to Hellboy. We've had, they've keep bringing up Hellboy. Yeah. But the idea that you have connected a story, which was lay the seeds were laid in wake the devil. And now you're completing it. It shows that this is not just a spinoff. It's not just like the casual, this is popular. We're going to make a, we need yeah. to like, we need to like branch off and make this. It a feels thing. so earned and like. And richer because it yeah. could, it could have just been like, cool. We're just going to do a, 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 a team book. BPRD It's going to be like X-Files. Yeah. Freak of the week. But it's like, oh, it is that, but it's more. Yeah. It's deeper. It's richer. It has. It's like, like 10 years in the making. Yes. It's exactly. Really 10 years in the making. Hell Yeah. And it's just, and now it's just leaves you just going, can I just read this next issue next? Yeah. Like, I don't know if he's going to make it out, but we'll get to that next, next week. Yeah. What and a cliffhanger. Um, <laughs> what a cliffhanger. <laughs> what a downer of a cliffhanger. <laughs> uh, but what, um, any final thoughts, favorite panels? I mean. Any dialogue, anything that said that you want to just reflect on before we, we close I just this I, episode. I guess I do like dialogue wise. I do like the exchange between Liz and Kate. I think it's just cool to see them really speaking to each other at all. Like that's neat. And Humbert, Humbert. his explanation of what's going on is like a cool kind of like hearkening back to the Rasputin days, not just like a picture of, or imagery of Rasputin, but also like his jargon and his like kind of like um like fanatic sort of pra praise of these dragons and saduhem like it's really cool yeah I agree um with that. yeah like tonally it's really awesome panel wise man i don't know there's a lot of cool shit in this uh, yeah, one it's full of amazing panels um i'm gonna go back i'm gonna start with chapter three and just pick my favorite um because you could say it's like one of those situations where i could say all of them yeah um I actually really like the develop more development of the BPRD. It's not the greatest dialogue, but I think 
the way Manning is dealing with everything, it doesn't make him feel incompetent. I don't think he's incompetent or un. No, um, he's insensitive, like, but he's just it's showing that it is a bureau. It is they run on certain like protocol. Right. Where and it's it like does, we didn't get an express, you know, distress call, so we have to like keep them standing by, but then we'll send them in in case of XYZ. And I think that's just cool development by them yeah. for the whole the whole world in general. Yeah. I just think in chapter three, the Saduham um, potato mushroom man burning is probably my absolute favorite. Yeah, that shit looks really cool. Because he's cool in his reveal. That's brilliant too. But him burning, I'm like, it's just a great combination of Guy Davis and Dave Stewart's coloring. They're just the symbiosis of those. It's just absolutely beautiful. Yeah, the brightness of it is just really neat. I mean, I could every picture of the green, his green, Dave Stewart's the green he chose for the skeletons is unreal to me. And, and just like, perfect. again, like we've kind of talked about this, like Mignola is able to do this so well. And so is Davis of like showing you the different kind of energy, like the sort of weird tentacly green glowing energy of Saduham versus Liz's fire energy. And like, um, it's just cool. It's yeah. They're very different. Super distinct. Eat. Like it, it's, a hard thing to accomplish and they do it so well. Yeah. In color and shape. I agree a hundred percent with that. I think my favorite frame in the chapter four or panel frame, I think it's going to be, Oh, there's so much. Everything is so beautiful here. Yeah. In this chapter. <laughs> I think, um, I think I'm going to go with during him say his, his prophecy that he's giving about the frog monsters in the coming on um, that page that you read everything out to yeah, showing them do the rituals. I think that last panel when it says, and the old gods will wake is this, that crowd of them in the swamp, you know, doing their finishing their ritual and just the Saduham figure up and it's yeah, with like just this silhouette. crescent moon and like it's really cool. Oh god. It just it's exactly what I love about this world is that yeah. that haunting. It's it, it it captures also like that HP Lovecraft is known for is like you can't comprehend what you actually are seeing. I think they're yeah. capturing it in this panel where you're like, if you walked upon that, you wouldn't be able to comprehend. Yeah. You possibly would go mad. And then yeah. they would eat you. <laughs> yeah. And then you're turned into a frog. Oh, I love that. If you're lucky. Yeah. If you're lucky to be one of them. Yeah. <laughs> and just uh, everything is perfect here. This exploration of these characters, Johan, the use of Johan and that dog, everything. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I just would, I'm going to talk in circles. I'm just floored by the BPRD so far. It's so this cool. Book. I'm so, I couldn't be more happy with like, uh, you know, it's like you said, it's like not, it doesn't even feel like a spinoff. It's just a continuation of the story. This uh, is an interesting in thing that popped up in my mind just now. Mm-hmm. And that commentary, Guillermo talks about how he says they were ready in like 98 to do Hellboy. Oh, really? That's how, or somewhere in like the early night, late nineties, they yeah. were ready to do with that script. And I honestly, this is, and again, I, I know I'm sort of harp on that movie, you know, and I know where it falls with a lot of people, but there's a part of me that goes wishes they would have maybe he maybe that sort of falls short too. Is like maybe I wish he would have stopped and looked at these 
Earl, I'm not saying this would have been published in time for them because this is a little bit around after the movie. Yeah. But I wish he would have maybe returned to the to the pages of the source material maybe and updated his script possibly a little bit. Cool. Because that could have been part of it. Because there's just where Liz is, I wish I would have gotten to her faster that way in the movie or some of that more empowerment yeah. Yeah. as well as some of these, where the BPRD is going. I'm like, like we've said a hundred times, God, what... I want it. I want this to be a TV show, but it's got to be like as rich as this. <laughs> it's also interesting too because it's like the like Mignola is ahead of the movie's time in that way. Like the the movie is like a couple years behind already in that. Yeah, hundred percent. But yeah, I think Mignola always treats his like female characters with a ton of respect and has them be like these strong, powerful people, even like with like flawed people. But all of the characters are flawed people. So oh, I agree. Yeah, it's because cool. even Liz. She's never a damsel in distress. No, no. That's even when she's like, even when she, they do have to rescue her at some point, but like everybody has to get rescued at some point. Yeah. You know? Help always had to be rescued. Yeah. <laughs> and, and by a ghost named, yeah. named Lobster Johnson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's beautiful. I, that's all I can say is like, and I'm, I'm excited to see how this unfolds. Yeah. Um, and we'll be doing that next week, but we want to hear from you listeners, all of you out there about your thoughts on the chapter Three and four of Plague of Frogs. Yeah, dude. You can get at us at ah crap a hellboy podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this. As well as you can check us out on Instagram and follow um, at ah crap a hellboy podcast, Twitter ah crap hellboy. Subscribe, rate, and review us on wherever you um, listen to podcasts, but on Apple Podcasts, if you could please go there, give us a five star rating. Give us a review that starts with the word boom. If you do that, we'll give you a shout out right here on the podcast. Yeah. And also that brings more listeners to the show because, you know, more is better. In this world, more is better. <laughs> <laughs> Not frog monsters. Don't have a frog monster prom. But, you know, if they're listening, I'll take it. <laughs> Quick reminder that you want to definitely follow us and keep an eye on next week's episode, Plague of the Frogs Part 3. We're going to do our official first giveaway next week so we'll announce the details and how you do that here and then but it will be an instagram centric giveaway yeah so go there stay tuned <laughs> next week for the official first giveaway of all crap a hellboy podcast we got to get out of here so we got one last thing to do oh yeah okay what is this week's hashtag right hand of draw prompt yeah so i was thinking of do so like this is what made me think of this uh, I've rewatched Halloween three season of the witch, which if you haven't seen it is insane. It's the, I've only gone through a deep dive of just watching like they do like the clips that give you like censured. It's wild. Yeah. It's crazy. It's like the only, it's the only Halloween that doesn't feature the like actual the Mike Myers. Yeah. It's like, cause I think they were attempting to do some kind of like serialized version of it or something, but like, it's really weird to spring that on people after having a direct sequel that has Michael Myers in it. Anyway, it's still a fun Halloween creepy movie to watch and made me think of this comic because of like, there's something that gets implanted in their heads when you, Anyway, you, you yeah, should check out the whole, movie if like, you haven't seen it. There's an it. android in the yeah, goddamn like there's thing. like uh, yeah, it's <laughs> bizarre. So, um, but it also made me think of like classic Halloween masks that were just like the plastic with a little like elastic string and even like a smock that has the 
characters, like a full drawing of the character on the front. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when Milhouse dresses like Radioactive Man yes. in The Simpsons and he has like a picture of Radioactive Man on his shirt. <laughs> and he, I think like Lisa is like, would, why would he have himself on his shirt if that's who you are? And he's like, shut up. Anyway, so <laughs> draw that version of a Halloween costume of anybody in the BPRD, Hellboy or anybody. I was thinking just like a classic Halloween look I love of it. these characters. What would that look like? Classic Halloween costume look for yeah. BPRD or for the BPRD. Hellboy. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Great. Uh, <laughs> and remember, if you do contribute to hashtag right hand to draw, put that hashtag along with your post as well as tag us and the uh, Aw Crap a Hellboy podcast. And we're going to be happy. So happy to look at those. Yeah. And we'll repost it so other people can see your art and then hopefully follow you and praise you more. Thank you again. I just skipped over suggestion segment because I think we just, I think we referenced some stuff along the way. We got one right here. Go watch Seasons of Witch. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think this story just leaves us so in a, just a just sad gotta state. Find it. It's so sad. It's like, I don't you even want to find out what happens. Yeah. But, I yeah. just want to leave us. You know, sitting on that fate, <laughs> the fate of Abe Sabian. So thank you for listening. And remember, we love you. TMZ E MTV Refinery29. What do all these companies have in common? They bring you celebrity news and they didn't hire me. You know I had to do it to them. That's what I bring to you, Extra Extra, on Campfire Media Podcasting Network. Extra Extra is a hot buffet of all the delicious celebrity news and gossip you want and need. According to me, because my opinion is the only one that matters, obviously, tune in every Tuesday as my guests and I share our unwanted and unfiltered opinions on all your favorite celebs. No celeb is safe. I'm looking at you, Mila Kunis. Listen now, wherever you listen to podcasts. Campfire.